Are you starting your journey into real estate, business, or entrepreneurship? Are you in need of strategies to help you reach your daily goals? That's right. Then the That's Oliver right. Perry Show is for you. Come and get the experiences and strategies to help you be successful. Woo! And now, your host, you know who it is, sis? You know who it is Oliver Perry. Oliver Perry. Welcome, everybody, back to the Oliver Perry Show. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good evening to you, wherever you are, whoever you are. Today, we've got another wonderful guest. Today, my guest is Kevin Brenner, who is a Air Force. I'm sorry, not Air Force. A well, military, I am Air Force. Oh, really? I thought, okay, oh, yeah. so I'm wrong on that one. So, <laughs> Air Force, Air Force member. He is the CEO and founder of Nimbus Capital. He is a member of the ADPI team, active duty passive income team, for those who don't know what that is. And he's an all-around great guy. Oh, as well, he's also a podcaster. So it's nice to have mm. a fellow caster on with me today. So, Kevin, I'm going to give you the floor because I know you want to make sure you get the opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience, and we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, Oliver. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you, you you hit the, the high notes there. Um, Active-duty military captain uh, stationed here in D.C. at the Pentagon. And... and um, I will be active duty for another about six to eight months. I get out in August. So whatever that is, that's like six, yeah, about six, a little bit, six months and change, uh, end of August. And, uh, you know, from there, I'm going to be digging deep into ADPI and Nimbus Capital and, and raising capital and, and helping people diversify in the fund space. It's really, really fun, really exciting. And um, I'm truly blessed to say that I love what I do. Well, congratulations, man. That's fantastic news. I am still serving. I still got a little ways to go, maybe about four years. But uh, with that said, let's let's dive right in, man. Let's dive right in. I know one of your biggest your biggest uh, goals is to make sure that you do a lot for veteran homelessness, one. And the other mm-hmm. is educating millennials when it comes to wealth. At this point yep. in your career, after two years of podcasting and working on Nimbus Capital and ADPI, how do you feel at this point with your goal and where where you're at with that. I'm, I'm really, I'm honestly, I, I'm pleased and, and I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I love that question. So what we've done, uh, let, let's tackle it one at a time uh, on Absolutely. the veterans side of it. Uh, we've partnered with a, a fantastic organization, Veterans Community Project. I'm sure you know know a lot about them. And um, the, the latest fund that we launched is a $5 million opportunity fund. And uh, we are donating $50,000 of that fund from uh, through donations and a matching program within the company, we're going to raise that money uh, and that will build a tiny home for a homeless vet and take them off the street for a year. So that's our goal. And uh, we, we're getting a lot of traction and we're really excited. And then on the millennial side, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, to be honest, even before I knew ADPI was a thing, mm-hmm. I've always been passionate about helping millennials because, you know, I, you know, I, I came out of college and, you know, the Great Recession was still very much a thing. And I had done ROTC and, and, uh, you know, I had my path laid out before me, but so many of my friends didn't. They were like screwed, you know? And um, so what do they all do? Well, they all like, oh, well, I'm just going to go to law school. I'm going to go to master's. I'm going to go do this. Well, now you're just piling more student debt on. You're setting yourself up even further down the road of just, you know, if you ever want to get into real estate and just buy a personal home and, and start building some semblance of wealth, you can't. So wealth creation for for millennials was really important to me. And it's really what I staked, um, uh, uh, you know, most of, of Nimbus Capital on is that idea of helping 
those uh, those those folks out there who may have done well in their careers, but still haven't figured out what true wealth is. Because um, I mean, for me, man, it's there's a massive difference between being rich and being wealthy. You can be rich and you can buy the Maseratis, you can buy the jewelry, you can do that stuff. But are you wealthy? Are you socially wealthy? Personally wealthy? Are you emotionally wealthy? Are you physically wealthy? Are you staying fit? Like mm. there's so many things that that get lost in the sauce of just like, eh, let's you know get rich or die trying. Yeah. But like, nah, man, (laughs) what impact are you like? What impact are you leaving? What impression on the world are you leaving? And that's really what I love to, uh, to help people realize and just passion project. Interesting. That's interesting, man. It's what you said there with the being that whole life, the whole life wealth, as opposed to just rich or just wealthy Mm -hmm. for that matter. It's interesting. I actually had a conversation with somebody not too long ago and it was along those lines. And you don't realize until you're in the game that being a millionaire doesn't make you a millionaire. There's more to it Mm -hmm. than that. Not just with the numbers, like you said, but also with the health and family and things that nobody wants to be rich and lonely. That, that sucks. Um, so, you know, with that said, your, um, your path on, you've got, Nimbus Capital. You've been doing ADPI. If I remember correctly, I listened to one of your interviews and you said you're not a numbers guy, yet you're a fund manager. How did how did <laughs> how did that happen? How did that come about? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that I yeah, this is great. So so the story here is. Um, Started with my collection of, of small multifamily properties. Uh, okay. So, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i sure you, you heard my story just being in the ADPI circle, uh, bought a four unit with my VA. And uh, well, I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, I'm making right. cash flow. This is great. Uh, six months later, raised 85000 to buy another one. And in that entire process, the most fun I had was raising the capital. But I didn't know it at the time. Right. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, talk to people and raise this capital. And it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And structuring the deal and that that was, you know, like whatever. And and then, you know, obviously the underwriting and then the operations, then I'm find myself in DC managing these contractors and property managers that are in Georgia trying to get these, these things done. I'm flying down to Georgia because firing contractors, hiring new ones, it's a whole thing. Right. Um, <laughs> Point is, I realized, you know, like, yeah, my investments are successful and yeah, they're cash flowing and, and the business is actually going really well. However, is it what I really want to do? And from there, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So then I started going down the path of becoming, you know, potentially syndicating deals and, and working that out. And I ran into the same problem. I was like, this is just doing what I was doing on a larger scale. I still don't want to do that. And finally, um, an attorney of mine pulled me aside and said, like, Kevin, why don't you just start a fund? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> so I was like, I have no idea. I was like, what? And, uh, and, you know, and that sparked a seven or eight month journey of just self-education, pouring myself over books and talking to nice. people and just trying to wrap my head around this because this is, you know, they say they don't teach real estate, you know, to, to people like, you know, how to generate wealth in real estate. It's not taught to people. And they're absolutely yeah. right. You know what they really don't teach? How to become a fund manager. Like there is no one teaching that, right. and, but it's been going on forever. And you see the people on Wall Street and you see the Ray Dalios of the world that may, are making literally billions of dollars a year mm-hmm. personally. And it's like, okay, what is this guy doing? How hard is this? And you just assume that it's incredibly difficult because of the scale of, of the money that people are making. But the right. truth of the matter is, it's not that hard. You just got to educate yourself. And it's just like starting up any other business. Have a vision and and bring people onto your team. So to answer your question, no, I'm not a numbers guy. I am a, a people person. I love working with with people and helping them raise capital and and and, and helping them diversify uh, their wealth in, into uh, into different special purpose vehicles um, and I knew the numbers were my weakness so I brought that on I, I brought on a team member who is a broker 
uh, who all he does is numbers. Wow. And now he is our our strategic partnership development lead and, and co-founder of, of Nimbus Capital. And he um, he rocks it, man. He he's getting his CCIM like he's really close. So nice. uh, it's a uh, it's a great partnership, and and I hope to continue it in the future. That's fantastic, man. It's it's very understated how important it is to have a good partner. Mm-hmm. What let me not even what? How did you find that partnership? Because we you know we talk about it all the time, particularly in real estate. We talk about in multifamily for that matter. We talk about it all the mm-hmm. time, but we don't ever get to hear. Okay, this is how you really lean into it. If you're not in the ADPI, of course, or, or some kind of course of that effect, but nobody has that that um, that foresight on how to find a good partner. How did you find your partner? Yeah, yeah. So I have I have three partners in the firm, and uh, I found. Let's see, I found technically two of them from ADPI. Uh, one was a member in ADPI who who I found, uh, and another one was through a connection at ADPI. I said, hey, you should talk to this guy. And I talked to that guy. But I will tell you, it's not about just, you know, obviously, you, you know, you got to put yourself in the right position. And if you can be, surround yourself with like-minded individuals and you have an ask and you you push that ask out there, right. someone will answer. It might not be the answer that you're looking for, but someone's going to answer you. And that's half the battle. You know, you have to have that conversation. If you're, if you're uh, the other end of that coin is, well, I, I, I think my idea is stupid and I don't want to tell anyone because I don't want to be embarrassed. No, that's like, you got to get over that. If you can take that leap of faith, then I think you're going to be a lot, a lot more successful in finding partners. But the key thing that I will say that brings a true partner on board before you even ask is having a vision. What is it that you're trying to do? You have to do the research and you have to understand at a deep level and be able to communicate that to other people, what you're trying to do and what is the value proposition for them? Why should they join you? Why should they waste hours and hours and hours of their week helping you build a startup? What is in it for them? And um, when you when you really kind of contemplate and work on that value proposition and, and, and you subscribe that to your vision, and you'll be amazed at how many people are interested because a lot of people want to do a lot of things. They just lack, you know, that kind of push. And it's so, so much easier. I, I, in fact, I could never do what I've done with Nimbus alone. I, right. It wouldn't be done. I just right. can't. So building partnerships, super important. Have that vision and put yourself in the right position to get it done. So let's lean in, let's, let's lean into that a little bit. The vision part of it. Because I know your vision, you know, was of course to end homelessness. Or sorry, not homelessness, but veteran homelessness. And then to mm-hmm. educate millennials on wealth. Looking back at that retroactively, how did you come to the decision? Hey, this is what my vision is. This is the route I want to go. Because we, on our level, on the higher level, we get told that. We, we hear that a lot from gurus and mm-hmm. people who've done it, but it's a really mm-hmm. difficult thing to explain to somebody who hasn't done it. How did you come up with that vision and, and really apply that? Yeah. Uh, so it starts with passion. Like what, what are you passionate about? So the whole thing, if you, if you zoom all the way out, Right. Uh, to the 10,000 foot view or whatever euphemism you want to use, right. what brings you joy? What is it that brings you joy? And usually joy is tied to something that you're strong at. People like, you know, pe- people like to do, uh, or people develop habits that typically nurture their strengths, right? right. Um, so if, let's go back to the numbers thing. I don't really like numbers. I'm not going to sit in front of an Excel spreadsheet all day and and nurture a habit that makes me get better at numbers. <laughs> I don't like doing that. It's boring. Right. Right. Uh, but, you know, if there's something out there that you really like doing and you can build those habits to to do that and, and figure out, OK, this brings me joy. And then you combine that with a passion. Like what what is it that you want for your life? And you combine that with a why and you start, you know, OK, I have joy, which drove me to a passion. And I'm passionate about this because I want to achieve what I want to achieve. And this is the reason why I want to achieve it. And you start bringing like all of these ingredients into this pot. And you start stirring them together. 
what you'll end up with, it, you'll, you'll end up with a mixture, I think, of, you know, a vision, but really conviction. I think conviction is really, really important when you're trying to communicate an idea. Wow. And um, if you if you want to convince others to join you on your journey, you have to be able to, you know, speak with conviction, but also you have to believe it like 100 percent buy in. And having a vision statement is super important and a vision statement that you see everywhere and a vision statement that, that you can get behind. And, and our vision statement is uh, that we will, in 10 years, not only end veteran homelessness or help fight end veteran homelessness, but we will be a billion dollar private equity firm. Wow. So so that is plastered everywhere. Right. You know, it's just everywhere. And, and it's in my head all the time. It's in my journal all the time. And that's what I work towards. So having that, you know, if you picture a mountaintop, right? the the vision is on the flagpole at the summit of the mountaintop. And then you develop these guiding principles, you know, that are kind of like the Sherpas that help you get up to the top, you know, little trailheads that help you get up to the top. What are your guiding principles um, that are going to get you there? Where do the, where do your core values as a company come in and, and, and intermingle with those? Are, are you on the same page there? And what could you be doing each quarter, each week, each day to mm. take that little baby step towards one of those guiding principles, which is going to help you get up that mountain and eventually help you reach the summit. So I think I agree with you, man. I think the the whole like vision statement thing, it's kind of like tongue in cheek. It's like, all right, man, like, cool, make a vision statement, you know, but like, <laughs> what is that? What is that? That doesn't really help me, you right. know? Um, I mean, right. and yeah. Like what, what does that mean? So, so yeah, passion, conviction, joy, um, they all intermingle. And, and, and like I said, once you have that conviction and that vision statement, mm-hmm. then you start communicating it to the world and you're going to, you're going to be a magnet to people and mm-hmm. you're just going to develop this aura and people are going to be drawn to towards you, whether you know it or not, they're going to be drawn towards you. And then it's just like, Hey, do I want to work with this person? Or do I not? Right. The partners come to you. Mm, interesting. It's always nicer to set the trap than having to go do the hunt. It's always nice. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ambitiously lazy. That's one of my favorite yeah. things, man. I tell you. Uh, there you go. So you, you said, you said your, you spoke about your journal. Now I mm-hmm. find it really, really interesting because a lot of people that I get to talk to on a higher level, uh, higher, at least higher than me. I don't know about you, but definitely higher than me. They normally have have some kind of morning routine. They normally have some kind mm-hmm. of journal or something out of fact. What's your routine and how does it work with you and the and your journal? Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The the journal's a struggle. I mm. was this week. I was I, I so I was really good the last two weeks and actually the last like three weeks doing it like every day and building that habit and I was really really good. And for right. some reason this week, man, sometimes it just falls off and I like missed it two days and I've been but I fill it out at night. But right. um, yeah, it's it's tough. But that I think having that when I have that journal mm-hmm. and I'm filling it out and I'm laying out my tasks for the day, God, I feel good. Not just checking the tasks <laughs> off, but I feel so focused. Like, right. you know, sometimes when you're just like doing work, but you don't really know what you're working towards. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I'm doing this task, but was this task really where I need to be spending my time right now? And that's what the journal is all about. Whatever, And I don't care if you're using my journal or if you're using whoever, a scrap of paper, I don't care. But if you write what your, uh, you write your vision, you write your, your core value, your, you know, your core values, write your why on the top. And then you write down, okay, all the tasks that I'm trying to do, then do that. And you'll, as you're writing those tasks innately, those tasks will relate back to what you're trying to do, what you're, 
you know, quarterly goal is or, or however you want to track it. So doing that has been really quite a game changer. And I, I owe that to, to Tim Kelly. Uh, he really got me into that and he really got me into time blocking right. because um, using using calendar apps and stuff, uh, super, super helpful. Right. And I don't know where my life was without that. Man, you're, you are preaching to the choir, my friend. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I've got your book here somewhere. I think my girls, I think my kids might've got their hands on it, but um, yeah, no, <laughs> it it's around. My, mine's on the copy table over there. So yeah, yeah my <laughs> kids got their They were down here earlier. There it goes. They got their hands on it. It's, it's important to me that this gets on camera. That's why I'm that's oh, there you go. very adamant. So this oh, look, my wife just brought me in there. There it is. Yeah. yeah. See? So yeah, yeah. See? See? Great yeah. minds. Great minds. Great minds. You want to be, you want to be on a high level, you got to follow people who are already on that level and going higher. So uh, I, I found like I really liked the book. I wanted to say that really quickly while we're on camera here that I really, mm. really enjoyed the journal. I appreciate that, man. I was curious as well when when you sat down and you guys actually wrote it. What did you discover mm-hmm. as you sat down and you went line by line? Because I know the process mm. is different in your head than when it is when mm-hmm. you actually got to put it on paper. What did you discover as you was writing? Yeah, you guys were writing that book. Well, I mean, honestly, we went through so many iterations. Um, mm. uh, for 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 your viewers and, and listeners who who don't know what the thirteen week journal is, it's um it's not just a blank. Journal. It's a guided, uh, we call it a goal planning system. And the first, probably about like forty pages or so, it's prompts and it's it's actually like text, like reading, and it, it kind of gets your mind right. And there's exercises built in there to help you find your why. And there's exercises, there's accountability systems and how to track things, and um, it's a it's a whole thing. And then the rest of it is enough pages for you to do an entire quarter's worth of journaling. Uh, and, and really, the biggest thing that Tim and I. I would say struggled with most was how can we come up not with a journal that people just write things down that they want to do, but creating the accountability system and creating that weekly, uh, that, that weekly summary, uh, at the end, uh, that was really, really important in how we designed that. And I think what we learned um, was that everyone uses a different style of journal and a different style of accountability, but there's no one size fits all. But as long as you're doing something, whether you're using our accountability system or someone else's accountability system, as long as you're doing something, I think that is truly, truly the the step. I mean, it, it's you look at it, all the high performers, like you said, Oliver, they're all doing this. Why are they all doing it? Because it works. And people are so resistant to, I don't know, doing things that work, I guess, sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> but yeah, we 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 learned a lot, and uh, man, we probably went through so many iterations and spent about six months writing that um, over Zoom calls. Actually, right. it was just hours and hours of Zoom calls, and we I would have the the manuscript up on on my share screen, and Tim and mm-hmm. you know Tim's dictating things, and I'm changing things, and I'm writing things, and we're just like going at it. And man, we spent hours and hours on that thing. But I'm glad you really like it, and uh, yeah, we hope to get the word out more about it because for us, it's not about you know I don't even think. I don't even think we actually make money on it. I think it's just about getting getting the word out about how powerful journaling is. Like, I think it's more expensive to print than it is to like print and ship than it is like I don't know. Yeah, because you got <laughs> you guys went with the hardcover, which is which I yeah we like. went for quality. Is, we wanted yeah, quality. Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing. One of the main things on top of the contents, of course, itself and the kind of guided through. I like that guided through part. Yeah. But the far, part that is the fact that it's hardcover. I like hardcovers already. Like I collect books, as you can see in my background. Yeah. I collect books. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you can't see it on the camera, but um, I collect books, but <laughs> I like those hardcovers, man, because I just feel like it lasts longer. And with journaling, yeah. I think it's really important not just to write it down, like you said, to do the task, but from here, next quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, I can go back and look at first quarter and say, okay, man, I, I did really good here. Ah, I got to work on this mm-hmm. and really tighten mm-hmm. up that shot group, if you will, as we say in the military, to really yeah. get after it and really get 
get to it. So I, I yeah, man, I, I wanted to commend you guys on that. I'm gonna tell Tim the same thing when I interview him. But yeah, it's That's it's awesome, an amazing, man. an amazing journal. Um, Appreciate so, it. So my pleasure, man. So here's here's something that I find really interesting with you is that you identify what your strengths are, mm-hmm. and you went after people who could fill in those gaps. What I think is really important for the listeners to hear is how you found that strength. How did you find your strength mm-hmm. when it comes to business and just life in general? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was through trial and error. You know, you just do things over time, but but it's doing things with intention. So like I knew even while I was still in the military, I'm still in the military, but like early on in the military, I knew pretty much after my third or fourth year, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be a 20 year kind of a guy. This just... <laughs> isn't for me. Um, you know, but that's just me, you know? So I kind of had that like, okay, I need to start thinking about an exit and and what's going to happen. And I knew, you know, my father's, uh, has been an entrepreneur his entire life. And I, I, I liked his lifestyle and I was like, okay, man, how, how can I do what you do? And I started pursuing that and just thinking just lots of just internal intentional thoughts about, okay, if this is what I want to do, these are the steps that I need to take to get there. And a lot of the times, I think the hard part is not knowing what those steps are. And because people don't know, they just kind of like give up and they go back to what's comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was always the guy, (laughs) I was always the kid in in school who would raise their question on everything. And no matter like if I sounded like the biggest idiot in class, I was going to, if I had a question, I was going to ask. And it could be like, you know, sometimes I I sounded like an idiot, but a lot of the times I was like, you know what, whatever, I don't care what other people think. I'm just going to ask this question and I'm going to, going to go for it. And I, that ended up being a strength of mine. Uh, of just being, I think it helped me develop into, you know, the speaker and, and, and how I present myself to, to other folks um, by just not being afraid to, I guess, I don't know, be laughed at. Um, and and that has helped me push away some of the negative energy that was like in front of me. Because like, right. if you're in, say, take that example and say you're like at a crowded, uh, you know, pre-coronavirus uh, uh, real estate meetup. And like, you want to ask a question to the guy who's speaking, but you're, oh, well, I'm too afraid. This might be a stupid question. But if you ask that question, you might intrigue someone else in that room who partners with you and you, you know, do $10,000 in the next six weeks. I mean, like all, that's all it takes and you never know. So for me, I, I like to, to share the, the SWOT analysis and, and no, I didn't make it up. It's been around forever, but strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And using that quad chart has helped me um, really hone in on, okay, not only what are my strengths, but what opportunities exist in the entrepreneurial space that I think I will be best at that. Like, okay, here are my strengths strengths, what can I, what can I apply them to? Here are my weaknesses. What do I definitely not want to do? Like what's going to threaten my performance uh, yeah, or, or threaten my progress as, as an entrepreneur or businessman or, or whatever, or, or just general success. So combining that strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, that analysis, that SWOT analysis mm-hmm. with a personality test. Uh, and I use 16personalities.com. Uh, That's a great test. It's totally free. Oh, man. Um, Kevin, I was worried. Yeah, I thought that. you were saying you had 16 personalities. I said, uh-oh. Nah, man. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, and, and combining that and kind of reading that brief. And then um, for, the, for me, it was about reading. Like right. I didn't have the light bulb until I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like the real estate light bulb had no idea. I was just kind of floating through life. And then I read that book and I was like, that was the light bulb moment. And then for, from then on, it was just real estate, real estate, real estate. And I found that thing that I was just passionate about. And if you asked me after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in uh, April of 2018, mm-hmm. if you asked me, hey, you're going to, uh, what 
do you think about funds or fund managed? I would be like, get out of here. Like, no, man, I'm right. buying my duplex, you know, like, <laughs> right. shut up and buy my duplex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so my point is with all this is like, you learn as you go, you know, there's no, like, it's not like the light at the end of the tunnel. It, it, it's like there and, and, and the, the path is totally clear. Usually if you're like thinking with intention and you're, you're goal setting, you're doing this stuff, you can see like three to four steps ahead, but you can't see 20 steps ahead. No, no one can. can. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that scares a lot of people. I think that prevents a lot of people from taking action because they're like, well, I just don't, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, no one knows, man. You get hit in the head with a piano tomorrow. Piano falls out of the sky, lands on your head and, <laughs> you, know, you know, like coming. in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. and you got a problem. That's a fact. That is a fact. It's, it's interesting that your mind works like that though, because I think that's a, was, is that a talent that you developed or is that just something that you've been able to understand as you're, as you're going along? I don't know if, I don't think it was developed. I think, I think at some point I just stopped caring what other people think. Like I was just like, and I wasn't always like this. I definitely wasn't, you know, but it's, and I can't like bring it back to like a certain event where we're like, yeah, that one question, that was the day that I, Kevin stopped caring. You know, like, I, I don't know when it was, but at some point I was like, you know what? I have defined success for me and I know what success looks like for me and right. I know how I want to get there and I'm going to do it. And that, you know, I'm just resolved to do it. And it's scary. Like it's, if your goals don't scare you, you aren't, you aren't dreaming big enough. You know what I mean? So like my goal of having a billion dollar private equity firm in 10 years is terrifying, but I'm going to do it. So Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. I'm going to be there when you Hell do yeah. it too. I'm going to be a customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. So, That's what I like to hear. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk about a little bit about fear. I think it's really important mm-hmm. because so many people who are out there right now, listening, watching, are learning and want to mm-hmm. delve into real estate or business in general as it stands and they're afraid what was the mm-hmm. biggest moment of fear thus far for you oh man in the real estate game that's up to you or oh yeah hmm. i think gosh i, I mean the, the the one thing that's you know the one thing i keep thinking about as far as like the scariest moment is when i uh oh okay yeah this is this is a good one so i it was my first quadplex and it was just writing the offer like the littlest things and it's laughable now because i write offers all the time you know but like just docu signing that offer and reading every bit of the standard georgia real estate contract <laughs> that every real estate agent it's like reading everything like as if this offer i was like literally like that felt like a the grand canyon I had to cross. It just felt right. insurmountable. And it was like paralyzing fear. And it was the first time I did it. And everyone kept telling me, oh, if you, you know, if you do it once, it's not so bad. The second time it's, you know, whatever, third, fourth, fifth, it becomes like, you know, pretty automatic and, and you can move on to something that's actually scary. Um, and uh, that actual scary moment happened in that project when I, I put this thing under contract and I was buying it and I knew it needed renovations and I didn't have any way to pay for them. I had no idea and no, oh, no clue. Oh, no. No clue, man. So I was just like, yeah, I'll figure it out. You know, it's gonna be fine. Right, right. So, uh, uh, and I, I, and I, so I had this problem and I verbalized this problem to my network, which consisted of like my father and, uh, you know, like some, <laughs> some other friends, like this is like before ADPI or anything right. like, like I didn't have any of that. You know, I think I was on bigger pockets. Maybe, I don't know if I, uh, if I was active on that, but, uh, you know, I was, uh, I had no way to pay for these things. And then, 
my dad, uh, my, no, it wasn't even my dad. It was my, one of my dad's friends told me, he's like, well, you can get a loan collateralized on your stock account. Cause I was at investing in the stock market. Like when I was in high school and just kind of right. let it sit there and let it go with a money manager. And, um, you know, and it was like 40 grand maybe that had grown to. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I went to the bank and the banker was like, yeah, I think we can do something for you. And they gave me like a, uh, 80% LTV or 70% LTV or something on that 40 right. grand. And that was able, I used that to pay for the renovations, which have then been paid off from cash flow from the building. But my point, like, I didn't have a clue. Like, I was like, oh my God, I bought this thing and I don't want to disappoint my dad because literally what my dad said, he's like, don't screw this up. <laughs> like, he was not a real estate guy. Like, he's not a real estate guy. And he has his own businesses and he like doesn't like, you know, and I was trying to tell him how great of a deal this was and it's cash flow. And like, he understands business, but like not on the multifamily real estate side. So, um, anyway, uh, I was like, oh, I don't want to let him down. I don't want to let myself down. And I had this problem. I verbalized it to the world and I found a solution. And then it turned out that, you know what? It's not that scary. And it things just start getting put into perspective more, you know? Right. Like you just start thinking like, oh, well, I did that. I overcame it by doing that. So the next big problem I have, whatever it may be, I'm going to verbalize it to my network and I'm going to continue to work on building my network and my sphere of influence so that I have people that can help me if I need it. Consequently, I can provide them help, right. you know, when they ask. So that's right. the power of your network and surrounding yourself with people. Those really scary moments don't get that scary. They're not right. nearly as scary anymore because you're with people who have either been with, you know, gone through that same problem or know someone who has. And it's just really powerful. That's um, that's just... <laughs> It, it's it's funny to me because it reminds me of some of the experiences I've either heard before or some I've experienced myself and my father being in, in business as well. And he, I call mm -hmm. him, with, in, don't get me wrong, he's always going to look out and try and do the best he can, but he'll say the same thing. He wants, you know, he's going to want to see that effort before he steps in and does anything. But it's, it's just interesting mm -hmm. that, of course, we're blessed enough to have parents like that, but as well, we're blessed enough to know that the network that's around you, 100%, that old cliche, your network is your net worth, it is 100% true. 100% true mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about um kind of the big checks that you've written in the past right when it comes to real estate and educating yourself up to this point what mm -hmm. has been the biggest expense for your education as far as what you're doing yeah so um it, it's the the ten thousand uh to to get into the, the fun space mm -hmm. and this is another great story because this is another way i was able to leverage my network let's hear so it. uh uh so i th there's a there there's a uh, course out there called investment fund secrets. And it was a $10,000 pretty much to get in. And it, it's a full course on how to do funds and, and all not just real estate, like all kinds of funds. And I had done a lot of education. Um, uh, you know, before I even knew this thing existed and they just right. hopped onto the scene. I was like, Oh, great. Uh, you know, something that can help me, you know, learn this stuff. I don't have $10,000 right now. You know, like, that was the thing. Like, what <laughs> do I do? And, uh, and so, so I came to this problem I was like, well, I really want to do this. And, um, and I was networking with someone and telling them all about all this funds that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he was like, well, why don't you just use my username and password? I, I, I bought this with an old company, but we don't really use it anymore. Do you want to use my username and password and check it out for bit. And then, you know, you can just, you know, whatever you, you do what you want to do with it. And I was like, right. yeah, that sounds like a good deal. And, but how did I pay him back? You know? So what I did was we set up a regular mastermind call. So every week I was talking to him and helping him, uh, on the syndication side and introducing him to people that I knew. And we would just talk and mastermind every single wow. week. Uh, and, and Hey, how are you doing with your business? Hey, Oh, this is what, I, these are the struggles that I'm facing. And I'd listen to him and try to give him advice and vice versa. I would present my problems to him and we would just one-on-one -on -one every 
every Friday at 2 p.m. That's what we would do for the longest time. So it's not like he started out and he's like, hey, would you like this free investment course? No, what I did is I put the quote unquote sweat equity. I put my 10,000 in sweat equity into developing this mastermind course with this this guy. And it's led to a great relationship, you know? And I didn't even know he had this mastermind course. But to me, the amount of time and energy I put into that, that was kind of, I think, more valuable than than the quote unquote big check because money is money, right? Right. But what are you going to do with it? It goes back to what I said earlier. What are you going to do with it to make the, you know, make an impact? And if that involves educating yourself so you can rise up and then create a bigger impact on the world, then that's important. And doing it creatively by offering assistance and being a go-giver and give what you know, as little as you think you do, you probably have perspective on something. And if someone else wants to share that with you, and then, you know, his kind of gift to me was, hey, here's this old username that I don't even use on this thing anymore. Do you want it? And I was like, "Um, sure. Heck yeah, man. Like, yes. And the course was, a, it was, it was good. You know, it, it wasn't like a revelation. I knew a lot of that, lot of that stuff already, right. but to me, that sweat equity and that relationship that I developed was way worth, worth way more than $10,000. But to me, I, I count that as like my, you know, that's the way that I was able to get into this without actually writing the check, but I still right. count it as like, Hey, I put the time and effort into this to, to make this happen. And wow. it's, and consequently, well, the big thing that, that, that decision led, you know, by getting in there, I met one of my other partners in the firm who is fantastic. So that was really cool too. So I guess I do owe him more than that. Probably a little bit. Just just a smidgen. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you... I'll get get him a good Christmas gift. Right. And there you go. There you go. Get him a card and maybe a Mm -hmm. Starbucks gift card. That'd be cool. Yeah, Uh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So... For somebody who's first starting, really finding their way in this this world that we live in, in real estate and business and things of that nature, what is your advice for them when they're looking to build their, net, their network? They're, they want to build that network, mm-hmm. however they build it. What would you tell someone for them to go about building their network? You got to do it with intention. You got it, it. People don't build a network. So what is networking? So uh, uh, one of my friends, Bill Kiefer said, networking is a conversation with a purpose. What is your purpose? So, you know, you got to really think about that. You have to have intention. You have to understand branding yourself and you have to understand, okay, here is my, here for the camera, here is my sphere of influence, right? It's really small right now, but I want to grow it. How can I grow it with intention consistently week over week? That And and what that, that rabbit hole is going to lead you to online marketing. It's going to lead you to branding. It's going to lead you to content development. It's going to lead you to um, different platforms and different types of content like mm-hmm. podcasting is great. Mm-hmm. I, I got news for you, man. It's no secret that I am the co-host of the Act Duty Passive Income podcast. That was a hundred percent. And if Mark Young's listening, that was intentional, dude. <laughs> 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 I needed that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the podcast. I love working with Mike, but Mike knows it too, man. He's like, uh, we talk about it. And uh, that's, um, it's, uh, 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 you know, that was kind of part of the deal. I was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll work with you guys but I want to be the co-host of the podcast. And, you know, and I put a ton of time and energy and sweat and work into producing that thing and and learning how to to write the ship and and, and really make it and grow it. And consequently, I'm able to to have a platform to help brand myself and, and not to mention ADPI and everything else. So, 
Intention is the key. Um, what is your goal with every conversation that you have with someone else? If you can nail that down, you're going to be, a, you're, you'll start growing that sphere of influence quicker than you actually, than, than you think it will take. Think, right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I've, I've got a bunch more questions, but I know we got time isn't unlimited. So oh, I yeah. want to make sure True, we man. get to our, to our segment. I'm loving this. This is fun. I'm, I'm glad, man. I'm glad I've, I've been doing the work. Uh, actually, oddly enough, I've studied quite a bit of what you and Mike do and quite a few others. So I'm starting to nail down, yeah. you know, how to go about doing this the right way and not just being a rando, just saying random stuff like, oh, how was your bacon last night? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what no, no, man. Oliver, you're, you're, I, I really like this, that you're asking the, the tough questions and it's it's really fun. So I commend you for the work that you put in. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. Let's, um, let's get into these segments, man, because I know you got things to do right. and you're a busy guy. So... First question in the segments is troop to task. And what it is, is you give the audience one thing that they can do to take that first step forward towards that funding fund manager goal or that real estate goal. Okay. So one thing that you could do just right off the cuff right now is... Um, I think really just sit down and write down, go through the SWOT analysis. You know, that is a super easy action step, action step, excuse me, strengths, weaknesses, uh, opportunities, and threats. And just Google SWOT, S-W-O-T analysis. It comes in like a grid chart. You can print it out and you can just write it like doing that and just beginning to think about that, I think will, will set you up on the right foot. I love it. I love it. All right. Next one is what we call situational awareness. And this is just you giving them something they can read or a site that they can go to and really dig into the fund managing and the real estate part of things. Yeah, so so from the fund management side, a uh, big fan of Hunter Thompson's book of Rising, Raising Private Capital. I have the pleasure of interviewing him on the ADPI podcast coming up. And um, from the real estate side, I mean, yeah, books are great. There, there's a thousand books. There's, you know, obviously I mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but um, podcasts, really anything you can get your hands on. But I also don't discount community. Find a community of people, whether that's a virtual community, whether that's you're going in person to meetups, uh, you know, when those come back around or if they're back around in your town, you're being safe about it and you have the meetups and you're actually talking with like-minded individuals, that is something that um, it's really hard to do this business like in a silo. It's just really, really hard. You, right. Whether if you want to scale it and actually treat your real estate portfolio like the business that it needs to be, then you need to build a team. So, and go through all those vision steps that I talked about earlier to, to, to build that team. I love it. I love it. Last question. And this is the tough one. No, so no. yeah, right. The, the, the question is, what question do you wish you were asked more often? Hmm, that is a tough question. Oliver. <laughs> I think what question do I wish that I was asked more often by, by just people? I think it's, um, this is, this is a question. What value can I provide you or what do you need help with Interesting. in, in okay. some form? So that question there, I, I wish more people would ask me because the question I get a lot is, will you be my mentor? Mm. And a lot of the times, you know, I, I say like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, what, what question do you have? And I'll, I'll try to answer it. Um, but sometimes it's just like, I'm just too busy. You you know, like what, you know, if you came to me and said, what are you struggling with right now? Right. What, what in your business do you need help with? How can I either be a connector or how can I do that work myself? Like those, those questions are how you really develop relationships and you're going to have to prove yourself. If you're, if you're starting out and you have that small sphere of influence and you want to grow that, you're going to have to prove yourself and you have to put the work in, uh, and, and say, and either connect some, connect this person with someone who can help them. Or if you're honestly like, you want to really work with this person, ask them, what do you need help with? What can I do? And don't expect any money or anything in return. Just straight up, just ask and don't expect anything and good things will happen. 
That's a, man, that is a fact. I tell people all the time, if you can work for free, do it. It might suck mm -hmm. for a while, but the relationship you get out of there is going to be far and away more valuable than anything you can get in your pocket. So, well, Kevin, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Um, how can anybody get a hold of you if they'd like to get in touch with you? Yeah. So, uh, uh, first of all, thank, thanks, Oliver. This show has been absolutely awesome. I really, really love it. Okay. Um, but as far as getting a hold of me, uh, you can you can get me uh, in the active duty passive income community, uh, join our Facebook group and uh, and get with me there. Uh, or if you want to learn more about funds and fund management and how I help transform rich people into wealthy people and mm -hmm. build that true wealth, that stuff that I was talking about through through extreme diversification through funds, uh, you can find us at uh, www.risewithnimbus.com or follow us on Instagram. It's rise underscore with Nimbus or just shoot me an email, Kevin at risewithnimbus.com. That's such a good line. Rise with Nimbus. That's Bro. we're gonna have to talk about that later, but that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. If you're listening, please, please, please go check Kevin and his team out. Go give him a follow on IG. If you're looking for me on IG at the Oliver Perry, you can also find me or shoot me an email at info at the Oliver Perry show. My team and I are here to help you as well. So again, Kevin, thank you so much, man, for coming on. And for those of you who are on, those of you are watching, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Make sure you share it. Make sure you subscribe and let's help each other out. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, y'all. Thank you for listening to The Oliver Perry Show. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, be sure to follow Oliver at The Oliver Perry on Instagram, Oliver Perry on LinkedIn, and The Oliver Perry Show on YouTube. Until next time, take care.